Hey guys, if you live in the Midwest, we wanted to make sure that you know about our Indiana Awakening Weekend. It's going to be April 21st through 23rd. We're going to have Jeremiah Johnson and Benjamin Dietrich here at our Father's house in Avon, Indiana. It is going to be an incredible time. We are seeing the Lord move in powerful, powerful ways. You do not want to miss what the Spirit is doing right now. We would love to see you there. If you want more information about it, you can head over to ourfathershouse.com and all the info you need is there. Hey guys, this is Paul and Taylor Johnson with Bible Revival Podcast. We're so glad to have you listening today. Um, last week we talked about just kind of the season we're in and that we have lovingly <laughs> named the holy hijacking. Uh-huh. And um, at the end of the episode, we kind of got into um, m- making room for the Holy Spirit in our life and not letting the fear of man keep us from the fullness of what the Holy Spirit has for us. And just kind of felt like we got into something there. So decided to um, make this podcast more about that. So we're going to be talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Paul, where are we starting today? Ephesians 5:18 says, "Do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit." Verse 19 says, "Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to God, even the Father, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ. So we are commanded to be filled with the Spirit. This is a command, right? Don't get drunk with wine. I think we're like, okay, that's bad. We don't want to do that. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, these things are, interestingly enough, in direct relationship to each other. Mm -hmm. Remember that at Pentecost in Acts 2, Mm -hmm. when the Holy Spirit was poured out, and Peter says, this is that which Joel prophesied in Joel 2. In Acts 2, they were mocking them, and what was their mockery? They were saying... They're drunk with wine. They are drunk with sweet wine. (laughs) Mm -hmm. My Lord, it's nine in the morning and y'all been drinking. That's how they felt. Because Mm -hmm. when the Spirit of God comes upon you, I'm not saying that you are a belligerent idiot or fool, Mm -hmm. but there is a life-giving, overwhelming, vivacious sense that Mm -hmm. happens where um, you, you have to ask yourself this question. In this context, is Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writing to believers or unbelievers? I don't know anybody that would say he's writing to unbelievers. Mm. This is addressed to the church in Ephesus, to Mm -hmm. believers. I mean, y'all, Ephesians 1, he's talking about the supremacy of Christ. He's seated far above all rule and dominion. In Ephesians 2, he's talking about how Jesus has broken down the barrier wall, dividing Jews and Gentiles. And he's, by Acts 3, you're getting into the mystery of Christ. And and Acts 4, you have, sorry, Ephesians 4, you have, um, I get excited. Ephesians 4, (laughs) you have the, the fivefold ministry being laid out and we're told how to walk and uh, to not grieve the Holy Spirit and all these incredible instructions. And then we're told in Ephesians 5.18, be filled with the Spirit. Mm -hmm. And I think for most people, it's like, well, I thought we were all filled with the Spirit. Nope. Acts 8 teaches us very clearly, if you read the account of Philip going to Samaria, and it says they believed in the name of the Lord Jesus. Mm -hmm. They were saved, but they weren't filled. So when the apostles heard 
that they had that Samaria had received the word, they <clears throat> sent Peter and John, and they went down. Laid, they laid their hands on them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were speaking in tongues. So uh, I want to maybe for the first time for some of our listeners introduce the crisis and the divide in the body of Christ, and it's this: some are saved but not filled. Mm-hmm. And this is an explicit passage where we're commanded to be filled with the Spirit. So uh, a couple of nights back, um, we were in a restaurant and I struck up a conversation with a couple and I said something to them in the conversation and I, oh, I said the words Holy Ghost. I didn't like shout at them, Holy Ghost. Um, It was in the sentences of what I was saying. But when I said Holy Ghost, I felt this like twinge in my spirit. I felt like like butterflies, this little flutter, like, huh, I wonder what that was. Well, we go, we get our food, we sit down. Lo and behold, they sit right next to us in the booth beside us. And so I start praying and I'm like, Lord, you know, what is this? And I'm just trying to be sensitive to the spirit. I'm looking to be led by him. And uh, we get to the end of our meal. I look at Taylor and I'm like, um, should I take a risk? Should I talk to him? And uh, of course she knows I'm going to do it. Um, but it's always more fun when I get her blessing. Yeah. And we finished the food. They're kind of still eating. I stand up, turn, uh, and start talking to them. And I could tell from the conversation that we had that they were Christians. Um, And so I said, hey, when I said uh, Holy Ghost to you earlier, I felt like the Lord um, wanted me to ask you a question. And so I'm just trying to be obedient here. I said, are you guys filled with the Holy Spirit? And it was awkward. Yeah, if you want to know, I feel like people share these stories about like, you know, evangelism and all these things you do. Them... Yeah, they're awkward most of the time. (laughs) I love it. Like, you have to fight through the awkwardness of these conversations to be obedient to Christ and to be obedient to Holy Spirit. Me and the boys are sitting there in the table while he's asking these Christians if they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And they're like, my life is so awkward. (laughs) Which I love awkward. I mean, I... He does. He literally thrives. Things get awkward and he comes alive. Yep. The the, the tension... (laughs) That enters the the room. I I just feed off of it. It's like spiritual oxygen to me. (laughs) And so I said, you guys filled with the Holy Spirit. And um, it got awkward for a little bit because you could tell they had not much of a grid for Mm -hmm. what I even meant. And so we started to to flesh out some of these things. And um, it was interesting where the conversation led. But basically the answer was, I think so, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And um, it really pierced my heart and filled me with a lot of grief and sadness because now these are people that have been in church for probably 30, 40 years, mm-hmm. had a ton of uh, churchianity experiences, and they, they don't even understand Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. That they, they don't have a grid for, I mean, it's like, uh, God, I know, Jesus, I know, Holy Spirit, I, I don't really get it. And, yeah. and I think he the man ended the conversation by saying well i guess to answer your question yes and no and like yes and no we are and we aren't filled um which i think just speaks to the ignorance which was very humble of him sure but i think realizing like 
that this grieves the heart of God because he longs for his people to have intimate relationship with his spirit. Yes. He didn't, Jesus didn't die on the cross, raise again, and then ascend for us to our only way to the Father to be through the Bible. Yes, absolutely. And so, again, Acts 8 shows us you can be saved and not filled. Acts Mm -hmm. 10, same thing. Peter goes and preaches to Cornelius's family. The Holy Spirit falls on them, and they get filled with mm-hmm. the Spirit. And he goes back and he reports in Acts 11 to the brothers in Jerusalem what happened. And they're like, oh my gosh, you went and you ate with Gentiles. And he's like, listen, y'all, the same thing that happened to us mm-hmm. on the day of Pentecost, which is recorded in Acts 2, happened to them. And the Holy Spirit fell on them. So I was like, what, are we going to deny them the water for baptism? Right. So he went ahead and baptized. So they got baptized in the Holy Spirit before they got baptized in water, which mm-hmm. does happen yeah. for people, and we know plenty. Mm-hmm. And um, I just want to share more of my heart and my burden that there are so many that um, quite literally their trinity is Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Mm-hmm. And the Holy Spirit has been completely reduced like a highlighter to just help you read your Bible. The Holy Spirit is so much more than that. He's not a vague force. He's not a figment of your imagination. He is God, the third person of the Trinity. You can quench him. You Mm. can grieve him. Mm -hmm. You can resist him. You can stifle the work of the Spirit of God in your life because he's a person. Mm -hmm. And we are told in uh, 1 Thessalonians 5 not to put out the Holy Spirit's fire. And I find that Mm. um, we actually put out the Holy Spirit's fire like every single week on a Sunday morning by determining exactly what God is going to do and can do and will do before we ever show up up. I mean, if you can predict accurately your church services week after week after week, I'm telling you there's more of the Holy Spirit. There's more of his active ministry Mm -hmm. and involvement. 1 Corinthians 14, 26 actually says that when we gather together, that each one has a psalm, a hymn, a revelation, a teaching, and that all things are to happen. But but we've adopted a, a manner of meeting that looks like one person who's our pastor preaches, and we have a couple songs, and that's our service. Yeah, and I think looking at that scripture that says one comes with a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song, a teaching, all these different things, it means that they were cultivating oil every day yeah they were meeting with jesus every day you know i think as a if you're leading a church or even if you're attending a church you shouldn't be you know trying to talk to your leadership or your pastor about letting the holy spirit move in your services if the holy spirit isn't moving in your in your everyday life in the secret place like if you are like we want I'm a worship leader, so speaking to worship leaders, if you're like, I want freedom to be able to sing prophetically or go off script and move wherever the Holy Spirit would lead us, but my pastor won't let me. If you're not doing that when no one is listening, if you're not doing that when you're not on stage, if you're not just meeting with Jesus on your piano, on your guitar, in the secret place, then you shouldn't be doing it on the stage. So this is something that you need to cultivate the Holy Spirit, having freedom to lead you in your personal life and in the quiet time with him before you're ever trying to lead other people into it. Yes, that's so good. And so we are commanded to be filled 
with the Holy Spirit. So here's here's what I would encourage you to do. If you're listening to this today and you would say, man, I'm saved, but I, I'm, I'm not sure about Holy Spirit things. First of all, I want to point you to the Word of God mm-hmm. uh, always because um, the ministry of the Spirit, the activity of the Holy Ghost is everywhere throughout the New Testament. And that's the life that we're called to live. Um, boring, stale, dry, indifferent, apathetic spiritual lives are void of the presence and power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus died for more. He resurrected unto the ministry of the Spirit, living in our hearts and taking up residence within us, God making us our home, uh, His home. And so I want to encourage you, if you're listening, hey, I'm interested. I want to know more. Mm -hmm. Um, The book of Acts, uh, seriously, is a great start if you just read with a humble and an open and an honest heart. And whatever you read, you say, God, I want this. I mean, in Acts 19, there's a a group. uh, It's just in verses 1 through 7. You see a group of 12 men that are on the road, and Paul encounters these disciples. They're not in a church setting. And he he asked them, have you heard of the Spirit, right? And they're like, basically, um, no, we haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And mm-hmm. he's asking them, well, then in what, into what were you baptized? And they had only heard of John's baptism for repentance. And so he lays his hands on them. They get filled with the Spirit. They begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. And they're not in a church service. They're mm-hmm. not giving corporate messages in tongues that require an interpretation. They are filled with the Spirit, and they have a prayer language, which is one of the initial primary evidences. It's not the only way, but it is the initial primary evidence of uh, being filled with the Spirit and um, praying in the Spirit, prophecy. Um, Acts 4 shows us that boldness to declare the Word of God mm-hmm. is associated with being uh, filled with the Spirit mm-hmm. per the scriptures. So I would encourage you to um, pray and seek the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, I want more of you. I want all of you. Forgive me for quenching you, Mm -hmm. grieving you, being afraid of you, Mm -hmm. and help me to embrace a spirit-filled life. Yeah. I just want to confront and expose the lie that Holy Spirit and the Bible are in opposition to one another. This is something we hear so often. People are like, yeah, you know, like I, I'm, I'm okay with the Holy Spirit, but like I really, I don't want to get away from the Bible. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> the Holy Spirit is in the Bible. Like the yeah. Holy Spirit is. He's the author of the scriptures. He's the author of the scriptures. Like they don't, they don't get separated. They go yes. hand in hand, and you right. know, it's really a horrible, horrible doctrine that make, would make you believe that things of the Spirit are anti-biblical. Right. Like, that's yep. absolutely absurd, but it is, we're so indoctrinated and we don't even realize it and recognize it. So, um, I think asking the Lord for eyes to see rightly and to see where we've believed lies about who He is yes. and to um, give the Spirit room to move how He longs to move in our lives. 
Yeah, and I, I think that um, when you get indoctrinated, when you get you come to Jesus and you hear speaking in tongues is of the devil, yeah. even though no one that's ever said that or been taught that had any reference for Scripture, right? You're just taught that, and that that and and the devil grabs a hold of it, plants yeah. it deep in your soul. Mm-hmm. Then you have this fear of tongues or prophecy, or mm-hmm. you know, I mean, everybody people jump to like, oh, you play with snakes, and I'm like, listen, y'all, I we know thousands maybe oh. tens of thousands yeah. mm-hmm. of people that we've encountered that we've been in in uh meetings with there there aren't any snakes there, there's <laughs> there's not any i like to tell people we don't play with snakes we tread on them yeah, through the on. authority of jesus so and people use the extremes yes. of, i was in a service one time that was totally out of control so I will never do that again. It's like, well, you can't throw the baby out of the bathwater. Right. Right. And like, you can, I mean, that's like people who have church hurt and then they are like, well, I'm not a Christian anymore. I'm like, well, you, yep. what? Yep. Like, those are humans. You can't give up on Jesus because of humans who make mistakes and right. are fallen. And so if you've had an experience that did feel out of control or like there was flesh involved, I mean, let's be real. If you start allowing the Holy Spirit to move, flesh will come out too. But that's okay. You know, we can repent and ask for forgiveness. The Lord is teaching and guiding all of us. We need to be gracious with one another and not hold people to a standard of perfection. Um, And so, yeah, I think just laying down our pride, laying down our past experiences, whether good or bad, and just looking at the Bible with fresh eyes and saying, Holy Spirit, will you lead me and guide me into wisdom and knowledge about who you are? Yeah, people use strange fire to justify that they have no fire. Yeah. It's like people that they're like, well, we don't don't want a a chaos or a circus. And I'm like, well, you don't even really have a, a, a river. Yeah. rushing at all yeah like, like you say though don't let let all things be done in order well then you need need to let things be done like if nothing is being done then it there's nothing to put in order yeah yeah we, people cry out for order but they don't mm-hmm. even have any power flowing yeah. and, mm-hmm. and they use corinth which was a mess mm-hmm. and there was a lot of holy ghost activity and that was paul's command by the spirit of the lord to bring them into order and it's like you're you don't have that problem no. you actually <laughs> have, have the frozen chosen that needs spiritual cpr mm-hmm. and you know uh shock pads put on them to wake them up and mm-hmm. and get a life in god for mm-hmm. real and a hunger mm-hmm. for the things of the spirit so let's finish with jesus's encouragement in luke 11 you can read this for yourself but in verse 13 of luke 11 jesus makes this incredible statement i love this he says if you then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more shall your heavenly father give the holy spirit to those who ask him. So I want to encourage you, if this is new language, if this is a different take on things for you, ask the Father for more of the Holy Spirit. Say, Father, teach me through your word who your Holy Spirit is, what your Holy Spirit is like. Remove all fear, all doubt. Would you crush deception about the things of the Spirit in my life? Mm -hmm. If you're saved today, but you're not filled, I want to invite you Mm -hmm. into the overwhelming rushing river Mm -hmm. of the Spirit of God. Mm -hmm. I like all of your control, your fears, your all that stuff. You you have to let that go to Mm -hmm. get swept up in the current of Mm -hmm. his 
um, vivacious, life-giving relationship with God through the Holy Spirit. I'm telling y'all, it's way more fun. You will go from like black and white TV to a 90-inch plasma, you know, in color, Mm -hmm. like boom, surround sound. (laughs) Whoa, like, oh yeah, this is what Jesus paid for. He died, he resurrected and ascended to bring us into spirit-filled life. That's why it's to your advantage. It's to our advantage that he went away because his spirit was going to live inside of us and not just speak to us little nursery rhymes Mm -hmm. every couple years. No, there's power, there's authority, there's influence. We can lay hands on the sick and see them recover. We can believe and see miracles and salvations and healings. God can give us words of wisdom and words of knowledge and all the gifts of the Spirit, faith and prophecy and tongues and interpretation of tongues, all these things that are throughout the scriptures. Um, that's what Jesus died to bring us into. So today, be filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Tomorrow, be filled with the Spirit. Mm-hmm. Every moment of every day, we want a fresh infilling of the Holy Spirit so that He can empower us to do the will of God and to see Jesus' name and fame be glorified and honored in everything we say and do. Yeah, amen. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you and hope that you enjoyed another episode. And we pray that you will share this with someone and be encouraged today. Be filled. Amen. Amen.